It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Bruce Adels is the founder of Adels Sausage Company and author of nine cookbooks, including The Complete Meat Cookbook, The Complete Sausage Cookbook, and the Meat and Poultry Chapters in the Revised Joy of Cooking, and the Key Meat Tips in the All-New Good Housekeeping. His work regularly appears in Bon Appetit, Fine Cooking, Food and Wine, and more, and we're excited that he's joining us today on Amy's Table. Good morning, Bruce. Good, good morning, Amy. That sounds like I've actually accomplished something. That's a very nice introduction. <laughs> Isn't that kind of nice when you hear your own bio and go, wow, really? oh, I'm pretty good. Well, yeah, I actually wrote that right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know it's true because we have been following you through the years and, of course, buying your awesome products. And so it's really a thrill to talk to you today. And it's funny because I'm so impressed how food is becoming so much more in the eyes of, of even the average and less foodie consumer. And, and we're really being turned on to some great things. And, and one of the things that interests me is you're talking about heritage pork. And yes. Interesting topic. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, back in the day when Cincinnati was called Porkopolis, yes. uh, there were lots of different breeds of pork that were popular. And in those days, people really were interested in the, in the best-tasting pork. But as as the uh, techniques and, and methods for raising pigs changed, they wanted to look for breeds that would do well in that environment, you know, in, indoor confinement, frankly. And and, the, and so they started, and the other issue was they wanted, people wanted much leaner pork. So some of those older breeds tended to have more marbling and a little bit fattier. So those went, fell out of favor. And so the leaner breeds came in. But in the last 10 years or so, people are saying, hey, I, I want that old pork flavor. So mm-hmm. they are going back to some of these breeds, and probably one of the most delicious is something called Berkshire, a breed that's been around since the time of Cromwell back in the 1600s. Uh, there's some other breed that's called Tamworth. It's a pig that was famous for its bacon. Um, a Gloucester Old Spot is a pig that used to wander around in the or- orchards and eat, eat the apples as they fell down to the ground and the pears. Anyhow, so in areas like where you guys live in Cincinnati and out where I live in California, the small farms are starting to grow these, and, and the chefs are just going gaga. They are. They taste so much better. Can you explain easily how the taste improves in some of these heritage brands, uh, not brands, breeds? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, well, first of all, they do have more marbling in, in some of those um, more tender cuts like the pork chops and the hams. Which and as we you know as most people say, f- fat is flavor. Right. It also gives it a more tender texture. The other thing is, um, it has a more intense what I call porkiness. So those aso- those flavors that we associate in our in our brains with pork are more intense in a lot of these breeds. So it's instead of being kind of blah, um, it has a little more of that pork flavor, which I I really like. Yeah. Um, so it's all kind of amped up. Yeah, and some of these breeds produce you know. The real reason to raise pigs for, for centuries has been the ham and the bacon, and they also produce really good ham and bacon. I, I make ham and bacon, actually, commercially, and I use a breed called Duroc, which is still fairly popular even at the industrial level, but it produces amazing bellies, which means they're really lean, and great hams that are well marbled, but they have big legs, so they're meaty, 
and uh, it's a wonderful breed. Well, I I love pork, and I think it's so interesting that you mentioned that uh, the one breed would be eating the apples and the pears off the ground because, of course, that goes so well with pork. It's kind of, yeah, kind of interesting. Um, And, of course, the Great Meat Cookbook is about way more than pork. But while we're on this topic, I just want to bring up, you talk about the fact that we can make a really great pork chop that's always juicy. And I would love your tips on that because I know people love a pork chop, but it's easy to overcook. Yeah, so one of the things that I introduced in, in the in the first book, in the Complete Meat Cookbook, was a technique that my wife, who owns a couple of restaurants in San Francisco, uh, has been using for years. And I call it flavor brining. So what you do is you take your pork chop and you soak it in a, in a light brine. It means it's not very salty. But that allows for moisture from that brine and any flavorings that you put in the brine, like uh, sweetener or herbs, they actually penetrate into the meat a little bit. The net result is that the, it firms up the meat and it makes it a lot more juicy. And it, it's not a very long process for, for pork chops, usually about three to four hours. And you can actually do it a couple days ahead. Once you remove it from the brine, um, that stops the process. Uh-huh. And for lean pork, I still highly recommend flavor brining because uh, if you do overcook it, it will get dry and hard. But nowadays, even the uh, National Pork Board and the USDA recommends cooking pork to 145. They used to recommend 160, which really meant it was overcooked. Yeah. And 145 is in that medium area. And if you let it rest for a little bit, it might come up to 150. But that still will give you nice, juicy pork chops. Well, you know, it's funny because you mentioned that uh, it, that people have sort of, the pork had been bred to be mild flavored. I don't want to use the word bland, but I, that's right. coming out. Um, but that also seemed to be the same time that trichinosis was completely eradicated. So, but, yeah. But we still, I mean, officially the USDA, which oversees all, all of these meat plants and we have to adhere to, still hasn't accepted the fact that it's pretty much been eliminated from our food supply. But if 145 will kill, kill any of the, the trachina organisms, they actually get killed at around 137 degrees. Uh-huh. So that's, that's a safe temperature in terms of uh, trachina. Yeah, so don't overcook it. Let it just be the new standard, and it's so delicious. Well, one of the other things this time of year is good for is, of course, braising. And I know that you've got some great tips for braising in the book. What are your thoughts there? Well, first of all, one of the one of the things that I really wanted to cover in, in these new books was I wanted to make sure I had a recipe for every single cut, and that included a lot of the sort of underappreciated cuts. So that would be things like beef shanks or pork shanks, pork neck, uh, lamb shanks. These are cuts that you know are are cheaper, and a lot of people you know don't cook them very often because they don't know what to do with them. Um, so, and they actually are wonderful when they're braised because that gnarly collagen turns to soft and delicious gelatin. That's that's what happens when you cook it long and slow with a moist cooking. Um, So braising is a really simple method. It might take longer, but it doesn't take a lot of extra time to actually prepare it. And what you're doing is um, trying to flavor the liquid that the the, um, piece of meat is braising in by browning the meat, seasoning it well with maybe one of my rubs or what have you. And then cooking it, uh, I like to braise in the oven because it's more more even temperature, but mm-hmm. you can also braise on top of the stove. And some of the most delicious cuts are, are cooked like uh, in, in, a, in a braise, and that would be things like um, short, uh, short ribs or oxtails or, in the case of pork, 
a big old pork butt, or even spare ribs or country spare ribs. Those are delicious braised. Mm, I'm getting hungry just talking to you. Well, there is so much great information in not just the Great Meat Cookbook, but all of the other books that Bruce has written, and lots of great information at his website, which is www.adels.com. I'm going to put links through to all of this, plus some tips from Bruce on amystable.com. But Bruce Adel, so nice to speak with you. That just made my day, and thanks for all the great information. Well, thank you, Amy. And, and folks, if you do go to adels.com, I have signed every single book is sitting there in the warehouse. You'll get a signed copy at adels.com. Wow. That's awesome. Terrific. Thank you. Sure. My pleasure. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q!